Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, May 18, 2016. We're going to have Anthony Davis as our guest and looking forward to that and talk to him about a few things. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since we uh, we were on, but uh, we're back tonight and hoping to have some good fun. Uh, like I said, plenty to talk about with AD and what's been going on in the world of sports and uh, you know people calling people out and things like that. So we're planning to have a lot of fun with that. Hope everybody's having a great time. And we're going to jump right into it. We're going to take a quick break, come back, get AD on the line, and get things rolling. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, we'll be back after this. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please. Visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Sleep all day. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. Well, welcome back to Swoops World and uh, on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're just waiting here for uh, just a few seconds to talk to Anthony Davis. And uh, just you know, seeing what's going on in the world, man. What's up with this uh, this election series cycle? Oh, there's uh, AD. Let's go ahead and give him a concert. Welcome to the show, AD. Good evening. As always, I'd like to welcome my regular contributor and uh, good friend of the show, Anthony Davis, a five-time national champion out of USC, two-time All-American, played in the NFL as well as the Canadian Football League and the World Football League, I believe. How are you doing tonight, brother? Doing fine, man. It's uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, there's always stuff going on in in the world of sports, and uh, always, <laughs> <laughs> always. You <laughs> you know, some is significant, some is not. You don't you shouldn't even talk about. But that that's there's always something going on. It definitely. I think is. some of this stuff is. I think some of this stuff is manufactured. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, you know, real quick, man, uh, I heard today, uh, or actually yesterday, uh, you know, LeBron James just signed a, you, you know, you're, you're a Nike guy. He just signed right. a billion dollar contract with Nike. One billion with a B dollar contract with Nike. That's unbelievable. I wish they could send some of that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the terms, I don't know the terms of it, but it must have been a little bit, you know, it must have been a lot of things he's going to be doing. So that is. That is amazing. Yeah, that's sure how things have changed. It, I went from getting stuff for free to a billion dollar contract with LeBron James. <laughs> I was wondering if he, if, he, if he wrote you a letter or gave you a little kickback, sent you a little love or nothing, man. <laughs> you know, I need you know I need you know I need to get on the phone and, and give them a call. You know, we 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 need we, we need to you know take care of the old boys or something. Guys, there's the pioneers. You know, it was four pioneers. It was Steve Free Fontaine and track me in football and started that, and then George Gervin in basketball, and then it was Beyond Borg in tennis. We were the first anchored pioneers of Nike. Yeah. And I was the first one in the football, and, and of course, you know, the first one to grace uh, the cover of Sports Illustrated against uh, Notre Dame, USC versus Notre Dame in 1974. So they've come a long way. They've they come a long, long way. way from that, from that to waffle, making shoes out of a waffle machine to a billion-dollar contract with LeBron James, amazing. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Well, you know, one of the things that caught my eye, and, and I and I kind of you know uh, texted you about it. Uh, Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he had right. he had he had some funny things to say about Sam Bradford. Now, apparently, Sam Bradford was unhappy uh, and, and asked to be traded, uh, based on reports I saw uh, since um, Philly uh, drafted. Hang on a second. I'm gonna turn this off drafted a quarterback, uh, uh, you know, basically to be his successor. Uh, the coach is assured that he's going to be the starter and whatnot. But um, uh, Seattle Seahawks defensive end Michael Bennett he said he was not happy uh, with his own contract, but he has no plans to hold out of training camp to show his disapproval. He says, why wouldn't I be at training camp? And he said during an interview on uh, ESPN in Seattle. He also went on to talk about Sam Bradford, and he said, uh, well, God, i got to find the quote. He said, uh, he goes, I listened to Sam Bradford again, and he goes, I almost threw up. He said, I can't believe <laughs> Sam Bradford is complaining about making $40 million in the next two years, and because he actually has to compete for his position. He goes, this guy, this guy right here is definitely sets a bad tone for what a player should be. He goes, if I was his teammate... He goes, how can you play with a guy that doesn't want to compete at a high level and feels like his position should be solidified without even putting up the stats or the wins to back it up? What are your thoughts? Well, I agree with that. I mean, I agree with that uh, in terms of what he's talking about. See, first of all, as you know, before the collective bargaining agreement came came about, we negotiated. Sam Bradford 
was guaranteed 50-something, I think it was 52 or $53 million guaranteed bonus as the number one pick. So, therefore, in his whole career, I think the man has made almost $65 million or more in, in, in guaranteed money. And if he's got a two-year deal where he's going to make $40 million bucks and his guaranteed money or most of it's guaranteed, what is he complaining about? Unfortunately, with the Rams organization, which didn't have protection around him, you know, he's been injured, he's had knee injuries, and then he went to the Philadelphia Eagles, which now you've got a new, a new coach there. He's got a, it's a whole new regime change a whole new systematic change, different players, but still. If you're going to cry about that kind of money, I'll take it, and I'll be your quarterback. <laughs> and, I agree, and I agree with what he said, because if you have to compete, so you, that sets a bad tone for your teammates. First of all, you've got to go into training and, hey, this guy doesn't even want to be here. Right. And they know, they know they're getting this kind of money, and he still doesn't want to be here. So, that, so, so as a teammate, that, 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 affects, that affects team morale. So, yeah, that's my point on it, and, uh, and just keep your mouth closed, I mean, simply. And I just don't understand some of these athletes today anyway, the kind of money they spend on these guys. And it's just not the real world. I mean, it's not the real world. What he needs to do is go out and see the guy get up at 6 o'clock and, and go to that 8 to 5 that's making 20 bucks an hour right. or not less than that. Then, well, why don't you just go do that? Why don't you go down the, why don't you go down there in Pennsylvania that you are and watch some of these people have to get on, on the subway to go down and get their job and don't get paid and worry about keeping their job. And you're getting that kind of money? Yeah, I agree with him. You know, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the real world, you know, you, you know this just us basic civilians are sitting here reading this kind of stuff and, and you hear about these guys you know, complaining about this kind of money. And, and same with, you know, I saw something with some, you know, actresses complaining that, she, you know, she was only getting $80,000 a week uh, on the TV show or somebody else getting more or whatever. And, you know, the, the numbers like that, it, it's hard to feel sympathetic for these people, you know? Well, first of all, you just, you just keep, keep your mouth shut. You, people don't want to hear that. You know, with the, eco- with, with the economic status in this country and what's going on, especially from since 2007 to now, you're still recovering. I remember people losing their jobs, losing their houses, and these people complain, 80000 bucks a week is not enough for you? Yeah. $80,000 $80, enough for a show for you? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable the attitudes that you have, you know, and people don't have any kind of sensitivity to what people really deal with. You know, life is ups and downs, and you're getting this kind of money? Oh, that's absurd. Hey, enjoy it. Be, be, be grateful that you have this and you're able to get that because that's going to stop too. So, therefore, you better do something with that. But, you know, you hear everything all the time about stuff like this. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. But I tell you, if, I, if, if, I'm ever seen, if I'm ever confronted with something like that and I know someone like that, they're going to get a piece of my mind, I'll tell you that. Well, you have to wonder because, uh, you know, if the fans stop watching movies or TV shows or stop going to these games, these guys can't make these kind of salaries. Now, you you know a little bit about this because you entered the league during a, during a strike situation, correct? What's that? Didn't you enter when you when you when you went to the, when you left college and went to the pros? Wasn't the NFL going through a strike that 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 era sometime around? No, there? no, that, no. That was before me. That was uh, that was uh, that was that was uh, after I left the game. You know. Uh, uh, when that happened, I was out of the game pretty much. I mean, you're talking about 79, 80, something like when they had the scabs and you come in and replacing the guys. And I wasn't, I was done in 1980. Well, my, my uh, point, my point, that. my point being is, is during this, during the strike season, uh, I know, I know, uh, fan, uh, participation dropped off and things like that. And sure. when, when you talk sure. about people making this kind of money and complaining about this kind of money, if it leaves a sour taste in the, in the fans, in the fans mouth and they just, they stop, showing up for the games or stop spending the kind of money to watch these games, uh, right. then then there's going to be some serious heck to pay as far as these guys get, getting this kind of money. And you would think that, I mean, I understand everybody wants what they what they believe they're worthy of, but I think that you got to kind of have to kind of temper that against what the rest of the world's going through. Well, the thing is, if those stadiums are empty, you don't have a problem. you got this, so much TV money now and media money. Uh, that could pressure them as well. But if you if these if these arenas get empty, then you have a problem. So I think every player in every sport should be very conscientious of what they mean to the sport. They have to realize that you only you know you're only good as what you put in that stadium. If the people stop coming, you have a problem. That's why you should be always 
you should be good and be appreciative of these fans because without the fans, you have nothing. You might think they're whacked out sometimes, but those are those wacky fans you think that they're off, off the rocker. Those are the ones that pays your salaries, basically. Yeah. That's who pays your salaries. Who buys the jersey? Who buys the you know? Who buys the football? Who buys the autograph stuff all the time? And come in there and buy those things and bring their kids and spend that hard-earned money. Those are the people that keep you going. And, and, if, and if these ball players in every major sport in the United States, if they miss out and miss that, miss that point, you know, if things drop, maybe they'll get it. I just believe that all the major sports should just have a, a, a seminar with all the players, especially the rookies. Let them know. These people are very important to you. Uh, yeah, and uh, do you think that you know? You and I have talked about this uh, uh, when we watch some of these bowl games with empty seats in the bowl games. Are these salaries inflated because of the because of the TV revenues? Well, of course. I mean, you know, when you when you when you have more TV money, you got more money to spend on the players and stuff. But but you know, the thing is, with the money, with the, you got all this television money. And uh, and and more the owners are getting more of it. That's why you got to put you know that's why you got to put caps on certain people because if not, if you have the you know modern day Steinbrenners like you know Jerry Jones and everybody, they'll go buy buy up everybody. But but yeah, the, the the media money is unbelievable now. I mean, I think it's some kind of I think the NFL has some kind of crazy contract with all the major networks, twenty two point eight billion dollars over seven eight years, something like that. I'm not sure the numbers and the structure, but it's I I know it's in the billions in the 20s. So, I mean, with that kind of money, that can support your whole team. You see, then you have all your local stuff that they have, local cable and whatever they do, and all the local, uh, you know, whatever they, whatever the teams. I think the owners are allowed to cut their own separate deals in their own given areas and their own given cities. Yeah. So, uh, but it, it, it's big money, and that's the reason, why, that's the reason why they can spend this kind of money. If it wasn't television media, media money, uh, these guys, you wouldn't see this at all. Well, it, 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 it's it's amazing that uh, uh, you know, like, like these teams can or can stay can stay competitive with other teams when some teams can spend that kind of money. It's just like baseball. We've talked about, you know, they were talking about, you know, how much you, you mentioned Steinbrenner, the, the kind of money Steinbrenner used to spend on the Yankees compared to you know some of these teams in lesser markets. And it's amazing because it's, NFL owners really are wealthy individuals and they could spend a lot, but still there's a little disparity between team to team. Correct. Yeah, it is. I mean, there there is, but you know, you got to remember, you know, the NFL is just a, a is loaded with a bunch of corporate people anyway, and the money is so dispersed, and they participate. Uh, the low market teams, you know, like the Jacksonville's of the world. I mean, don't don't feel bad for them. I'm sure they don't have the kind of dollars that a Dallas team would have, or a team in the number one or number two market. But you know, they're sufficient themselves. But you know, there there's some low level teams out there. But don't feel bad for them. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> don't feel bad for them uh, hey let's let's switch gears a little bit here there's something i think you know a little bit about uh, i i didn't realize that this case is still going on you know ed o'banion you know the the suit uh, he's got against ncaa uh, right. Something popped up this week that says the NCAA, NCAA wants the Supreme Court to hear the case. Uh, have you been following up and keeping up with this case? Well, yes, I have. I mean, I'm actually I'm actually part of that. I mean, you know, uh, I have my attorneys involved, and uh, and you know, they you know, my image has been used, and they think it's been misused the wrong way. And I think it's something like they've used my image for 13 years, didn't know where, but a guy by the name of, of Graham Warger, who who was a professor back east and a sports historian is one that made, brought it to my attention. I'm very aware of Ed O'Banion. My legal team is the, as well as two. So, uh, and if, if they need the Supreme Court to hear it, they need to hear it because I think we were unfairly used. And uh, and it's, it's, he made a key point there. I mean, if you're out of the university, you're, if you're out of your key university and you're still being, uh, bringing revenue off of what you did, and yeah, now you're a private citizen, you should have made contact the person who they have displayed. Right. So, and I think the Supreme Court needs to hear that. They need to hear the arguments on that, you know. And, uh, and my attorney is very aware of all that stuff. But just want to let you know that that my image was was used the same kind of way that Ed O'Bannon was. And me, and, and, I, and I give him kudos for stepping out and doing it. Because here I am as a guy I've been out of sports and <clears throat> followed it, and then the fact that he 
had the, the courage to go against the, the powerful NC2A. I take my hat off to him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he opened my eyes up, too. And then I, was, I wasn't aware until this professor back east contacted me and said, are you very aware of the Ed O'Ban- Banyan, uh, O'Bannon uh, lawsuit in terms of the, with EA Sports and NC2A? Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting that the uh, that the NCAA wants to take it to the Supreme Court. I think I guess they they didn't like the, the what's happened in the lower courts, so they're trying to move it up uh, up to the top. But if if the if the Supreme Court hears it, I mean, uh, and you guys win that, that's going to set a, a huge precedence and and uh, get you guys your due. Well, then, you know, because of course, I mean, you just can't. I mean, you know, yeah, you you, you just can't exploit athletes like that and and, uh, and not share the pie. I mean, you know, you should reach out. And say, hey, listen, this is what we're going to really do. Uh, they need to negotiate individuals, and they need to negotiate with guys who who they believe is marketable. Obviously, they thought that much of Ed O'Banion, what he did, they marketed him. So the same thing happened with me, with, with, with my image, with the when I when, in, in my college days too. Yeah. So there are key guys that it really affects, and overall, uh, it it should be a structure worked out for the future on what you can do and can't do. You know. So I mean, if you're going to the Supreme Court. Uh, that's great. As a matter of fact, when did you hear that? When did you hear? It? Was that on today or or just popped up just recently? It because up, I, I popped up, it popped up uh, on my radar yesterday. Yeah, and you know, and I didn't hear anything. I'm sure I'd have heard it the next day because I'd have heard something from my attorney. But more than that, I, I haven't. I'm glad. And I'm glad they're thinking to go to. And I wanted to go to the higher courts like that. I really do. If it's exposed like this nationally, like I mean, it's already been a national thing. But if it goes to the Supreme Court, they need to hear the argument. I I, I would encourage that. It's interesting, like you said, that the, 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 the university. Uh, let's 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 just be honest about it. The university makes millions off you players while you're in school, and uh, you know their rationale is, well, you're getting an education. But I think the the money they make off you pays pays for your education tenfold, and then to continue to make money off your likeness uh, long after you're gone, that's that's almost criminal. No, that changes when you're out of the university. And you and they think that much of you, and these big and these big companies, you know, like EA Sports. If, if they feel, if they feel that you're marketable, and I think this is what Ed O'Banion's talking about, and this is what I'm saying too, then you need to contact those individuals, especially key individuals. Say, listen, we're we're going to do this. Okay, we need to negotiate some kind of deal where you can participate. That's what they need to do. Yeah. And I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, you're just going to continue to be safe. Well, when you're in school, okay, you, I understand doing that. But when you're out of school and they continue to do that, that changes everything. You know, you you know that that's not grandfathered in. Grandfathered in, right. but you can continue continuously make money like that. It's got to be a cutoff point. Because you know a lot of a lot of a lot of former players are not marketable like that, but they they group them together. But when you when you talk about individuals who've done things that people continue to still follow and and, and say and think of it being legendary, and they and they profit off of them. Well, you need to contact those guys and those players and sit down and have a negotiated deal, period, for, for royalties. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's done It's done in other industries, and you, you might as well, I mean, you should be compensated for, for using your likeness. Um, Absolutely, because there's, no, there's always talk about, you know, athletes being, uh, you know, exploited and this and that and stuff, and, and you know, some people just some people that I've talked to already about that they they think that's straight out exploitation. Oh yeah. With um, the 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 NCAA football season fa- uh, fast approaching, uh, I, I know you I know you you keep track of uh, what's going on uh, all across the country. You 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 get you get your eye on key players and whatnot. But let's talk about uh, the Pac-12 for a little bit. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about SC going through a. Little transition period, uh, you know. Got the new head coach. He's he's, settled, he's settling in. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the, um, the the roster looks like yet. I know there's some some key key positions that people are still haven't nailed down. But um, you know, you, you I know you're not not there on campus in, anymore. But uh, what are your thoughts about the the team this year? Well, first of all, I was invited out to the spring camp with some of the former players. He reached out, Clay Hilton did, which I thought it was great. He's a great coach. He's a great guy. He's a very personal person. You know, that's one thing I did like. And uh, it's a little lacking in the past. But here's the deal. I know that he has an uphill battle. He, be, yeah, he definitely has the horses and the athletes, but that, that's, not, that's not all it takes in football. In football, you have to have a system in place, 
Then you have to teach that system. Then you have new coaches coming in. Then you have that new, new coach who's got to get acclimated to the system. And they've got to be on the same page with the players. So SC's issue is not the athletes because I'll match their athletes when anybody in the country. It's the systematic system. They have the system they have to put together. And, and first of all, he has to figure out who his quarterback's going to be. I don't think he knows who the quarterback's going to be going in, in, into the ball yet. Maybe he's already decided. But, but, but overall, it's an academic thing with football. You know, everybody's big and strong and fast, but it's how you place those players on the team and team strategy with the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. Everybody has to be on the same page. And, one, and the biggest task with SC, they've had – this has been a third, third head coach in four years. I mean, that's very tough for a storied program like USC. Right. That, so that means you got a new coordinator here, you got a new quarterback on defense, offense, you got a new head coach. He's got to put his philosophies in, his little, his little tricks and, you know, and curves. So, he's, so, so everybody's got to get on the same page. I think some, one, one kid told me he's had like three coordinators in, what, five years? Wow. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you, you, you can't perform like that. I don't care. You, mean, you, you, can, you can put me, Jim Brown, OJ, anybody in the backfield. If you don't have a system in place, it'll be like wrecked cars running, like a you know, <clears throat> RoboCop going after each other and stuff. So, I mean, but that's the problem. And that, that's the biggest task that I think the coach has. But his attitude is great. The kids' kids are great. But the biggest test, the margin of error, the, the, the margin they're going to be tested by is opening game with Alabama. That's going to be the test. Okay, where is SC in terms? When you go up against the national champion, then that's going to set the tone for how they're going to play the rest of that season. And then from there, I think it's third day, they got to go to Stanford. Then they got to go to Oregon. So I think – the Pac-12 is up the, for grabs after those two teams because you don't know what Arizona's going to do. You don't know what Arizona State's going to do. You don't know what the Utah team's going to do. Washington, Washington State, you just don't know. But the, but, but the two horses in the conference outside of SC is going to be, in my opinion, is going to be Stanford and Oregon. Wow. And they're always in the thorns. So, and then what look, and how they look overall nationally, well, you never know. Because I don't like, I tell you, I don't believe in the current system, and I believe that it should be a full-fledged pull-off system, you know, and because I mean, you just never know. But I just believe the team that beat in the conference for SC is Stanford. Right. And it, and, and I believe if if they believe in Clay Hilton, they're giving him. He has a, he has a two-year deal, I think, with the with, with the Trojans. I believe if they're patient with this man, based on his attitude, and the kids want will 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 will, will be the wall down for him. Then he he can have some success, but they got to give him some time. They got to he has to be they have to be patient with him. What what are your thoughts on your uh, crosstown rivals, the the Bruins? What what are they looking like this year? You think? Well, the Bruins. I mean, the Bruins are strong. I, you know, I know Jim Moore, and, I, and 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 I've always encouraged him just from a football competitive standpoint. But you know, he he's got to build around the quarterback. I mean, he's got to build around what he has there, and uh, and he's got some key people. You know, like Miles Jack was a major loss because you saw what happened when he lost him. It was a whole new team when they lost him last year. So they got to replace that hole, and, uh, and they just build around the quarterback position. They can be very competitive. They can. And then, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they, they fare in the conference as well. Yeah. Um, the Pac 12 conference is a lot of inter- interesting teams, and. In, in, it fluctuates so much, but you know, Stanford, uh, God, for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years or so, they've been uh, they've been very competitive, and uh, Oregon, Oregon too. So, uh, and and a couple, there's been a couple couple runs uh, at it by uh, Utah. Um, so it's interesting to see what what can happen and, and what and what will happen, uh, you know, with with this conference, and uh, and but like you said. Stanford and Oregon will be the team to beat, but uh, it's still anybody's anybody's conference. Well, I mean, in my opinion, in my football opinion, Oregon, Stanford, and Oregon are the teams to beat because Coach Shaw at Stanford has a well-oiled machine there. All they're going, all he's going to replace is spot people because systematically everything's in place. And see, that's the difference between Stanford and USA. I think that SC has the better athletes overall. But but the but the but the systems in place for stands why they're so competitive, and now that now they have that kid McCaffrey there who's a monster, 
and you know, and he's an all-purpose player. And what he does for him sets it makes the team dangerous. Right. So all they gotta do is change the little put put the pieces around him. And and I'm sure they've already done that because they've had this. Look, when Jim Harbor was there with Shaw, that was that was the, that was the footprint, and he's living up to that footprint to this day. They will be exceptionally tough this year in the conference. That's why I say that's the team to, to, to beat. Because everything's in place for them. All they got to do is replace the holes. Whereas at SC has to totally revamp their whole offense right. and find out who's going to be the runner, who's going to be the quarterback. What is the offensive coordinator going to do in terms of what he has? How is the defensive coordinator going to have his players and how they're going to do? See, they, all of that stuff, they have, to, they have to learn each other and get on the thing. Well, the Stanford situation, well, they have all they have the coaches in place, the systems in place. See, I, you know, I always preach system. I keep going back. I don't care if it's college or pros. I, I teach philosophy. I, I preach system and philosophy and who are the pieces on the field. That's very important. And, any, and, if, and I would challenge anybody on what I'm just saying. You know, I've been there. I've done that. I know it. I saw what goes on professionally and collegially. So you know, that's, that's, that's what you have to have in terms of a system. Well, it's, I'm looking forward to see what, see what, what, what becomes of it, and I'm looking forward to another another great season of uh, college football. Um, oh. we we talked uh, many a times about uh, you know the the pro athletes, the NFL athletes, and uh, you said many a times these guys don't respect what they have. And just this week, we have T.J. McDonald gets arrested for DUI, uh, crashed a couple cars. Uh, I guess they, they call that the first Rams. Uh, first L.A. Rams uh, negative thing since they've been back, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, he's he, you know he he's he's a kid out. He came out of SC. Uh, I don't know. He's I, I don't remember hearing anything in his past. But uh, you know, what, what, what possesses these guys to come to go out and, uh, and do these stupid things? They have all the money in the world. They can, they can have anybody driving for them. There's no reason to to jump in the car and, and when you're impaired and, and, and take off. Well, first of all, obviously the kid has a problem. And obviously his father is a great player at SC, and great player with the 49ers. And obviously he has a problem. He needs help. But therefore he's going to take a hit on this now because I think it's felony DUI or something like that. Is that what it is? I don't know what he's arrested I don't, on. I don't think it's felony because I don't think anybody got injured. But uh, still, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so if, if it's not something like that, because I don't know all the ingredients. I've just heard about it. I don't know what happened with it in titles, but... The bottom line is that you can't you can't drink or whatever he was doing get behind the wheel and you, you can endanger someone. But yeah, but but that's that's part of it, and that's why you need to preach to these young guys. But the problem, obviously, the man has a a big time problem, and I'm sure that it just didn't start overnight. This has been going on, and he just got caught with his pants down and hit somebody or hit hit parked cars or whatever he did. The bottom line is, you know, somebody needs to reach out and get him. And, and and who knows? I mean, with the NFL being tough on this. It could be uh, it could he could pay the penalty for that, and who knows? A lot a lot of these teams have a no nonsense attitude now, and, and a lot of times they don't give these guys second chances now. There's been so many incidents in the national football and sport period that a lot of these teams don't want to embarrass it, they don't want to explain it. They just they're going to end up just getting rid of people. You've had the Johnny Menzel situation, you've had you've had the Hardy situation, and uh, you know these these teams are not going to risk anything anymore. And if you're destroying the brand, their brand. If you're embarrassing their brand, they're going to be they're going to have a no nonsense attitude on you, and I think that's where it's going. Well, it it, uh, it, it kind of has to, you know, because you know, we've talked about it in the past, you know, and NFL took a hit for the last few years, and uh, you know they're they're cracking down on a lot of stuff, and they're trying to uh, they're trying to you know clean up the league or at least you know bring bring back you know bring back the shine and, and, and knock off the rust from uh, these scandals that they've had. So I think even guys that are getting in, getting in, in trouble for things that in the past may have been overlooked, they're going to come down a little bit harder on now. Well, they're going to have to because, you know, you, you, gotta, you, have, you know, people think, well, here's another guy making 3 or $4 or $5 million a year. i got to go up and drag my, my butt out of bed. And here these clowns are sitting around here making this money, playing football, playing football, Making the money, doing crazy stuff, being after hours outside of you know should be in your in your house with your family, just being being responsible. Listen, being when you have that kind of money being paid to you, you have to be responsible. 
Yeah. You just can't be running the streets at all hours of the night doing crazy stuff. Just like the guy at the end of the day, I think we talked about last season, this past season. What are you doing out at 4 in the morning to get shot? Yeah. You're going to be out at 4 in the morning, going to get shot? What are you doing out at 12 o'clock? You should be inside behind four walls being ready and being responsible for the organization you represent and play for. That's across the board. I don't understand these guys, period. Hey, if you want to smoke some weed, go home and do it. If you want to drink some cough syrup, go home and do it. Even I wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't promote that. But if you need to do that, go behind the four walls and, and hope you can get up the next day. But for you to discriminate those, that poor attitude and that poor situation going out in the streets and possibly endangering people, that's bad. It is. It is. And, you know, nobody should do it. And, but, you know, some of these guys that actually have have the uh, have access to drivers and friends and they got all these guys that hang around them and they're little posses that somebody could be sober. There's no I mean, I, know, I understand he was I think believe he was by himself, but still, there's just no reason for it. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you buy yourself. You, you got to be responsible. You can't do that. Yeah. Look, when you when you put something in your system that's going to impair yourself and endanger yourself and anybody possibly out there, and that's not responsible at no. all. That's irresponsible. Absolutely. And then obviously, obviously, I don't know if the the the, the, the Rams knew knew about his problem, or well, up to this point, I don't know if they were. So that assume come out. I'm guess. I don't know if this was the second, third year in the league. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. And so, 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 we don't know how long it's been going on. We'll find out how the problem he's had, because obviously he's going to be going to rehab. Of course, the league's going to be uh, the league's going to be interviewing him. He's got to go see the big commissioner or something. <laughs> so the hammer's <laughs> going to come down somewhere. He's going to pay the price for his actions. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, I can tell you, when I was playing, when I was in the league, there, there was a no, it was worse. It was a no-nounce. You, you, you couldn't even look at a coach the wrong way you were out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you looking at me like that? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, speaking of uh, people are going to, you know, we have to pay the consequences, uh, uh, what did I hear all this noise from? Hang on a second. I got something's happening. All right. Uh, you got um, in in baseball, you got uh, the Blue Jays uh, playing against the, uh, the the Rangers. And uh, this guy, uh, second baseman for the uh, for the Rangers, Odor, Odor he, he punches uh, Jose Batista in the face. Right. A uh, big fight breaks out. Uh, I guess Odor just gets an eight-game suspension, uh, just came down. They didn't waste any time with that. Uh, you know, baseball's changed a lot. I mean, I remember when growing up, you'd see a lot of, a lot of fights on the field, a lot of things. But you know, you know, guys, you know, get backed away from the plate by a pitcher, and then you know, brawls would break out. Uh, I haven't seen a lot in the recent years. I've seen, you know, I've seen a few. But uh, what do you think causes? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of payback and stuff like that. But I mean, to actually throw a punch out, out on the field, I mean, there's got to be more to it than uh, meets meets the eye, right? Oh man, these guys! They, 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 this is retaliation from last year, and how he upped the pitcher by flipping his bat with a home run. I mean, I don't get these guys. I mean, just shine it on. I mean, so what? He flips the bat, so obviously it's an unwritten rule that you don't do that. And then you know he slides in the heart. He slides in the heart, saying this guy, you know, he hits Batista in the, in the jaw. But let me tell you something. Hey man, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong field. The way you hit him, man, you buckled him. <laughs> you need a manager? I need, I, need, I need to represent you the way you hit that guy with, the, with that overwrite. <laughs> because, I mean, because <laughs> he better, he better hope, Batiste better hope he didn't come up with a hook. He'd have been out. Oh, man. <laughs> but that, but, that, but that, 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 was, that was ridiculous. I mean, they, you know, you, you should try to restrain yourself. This is a card fault game. And, you know, this, I mean, I, I just don't get that. That immaturity is so beyond me that, that, that that's that that's not in for the game of baseball. That's in any any game game of sport. Period. Right. You know, and and let this guy who's really trying to seriously hurt you, and for you to hold a grudge for a whole offseason, <laughs> just, just <laughs> and just to hit the guy. I mean, that's un, that's that's insane. Yeah. Don't man. understand it. I don't either, man. <laughs> I mean, I can hold a grudge, but I, I usually forget about it after you know about 
45 minutes or so so but right, uh, right. <laughs> that, that was that was just crazy hey uh you know you got so many things going on i know i know this this season uh of football uh you're gonna be uh you're gonna be setting up and, and doing some things uh out here in orange county right yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be at the Tavern Bowls. It's a, a, you know, our organization owns the, the Triangle Square, and 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 uh, my main, our main principal, Will Smith, owns uh, the Tavern Bowl, and I'll be hosting all the USC home and away games there. They will have my jerseys and have balls and pictures, and for the USC folks, and uh, and if people don't want to go out to the stadium, they can come see me, and hang out at the Tavern Bowl and. Have great food. If you want to bowl, you can bowl. If you just want to watch all the football games, you can do that. The prep for USC games. That's what I'll be doing. I'll have my book there, kickoff, kick, kickoff concussion, and we can discuss anything you want. And you know, and I'll be talking to the ladies and all the guys, and we're having a good time. That's what I'll be doing uh, coming up the next two or three months. Nice, nice. About the book, well, you know, we've we've talked about the book uh, several times uh, on the show. Um, about the concussions and, and the dangers of it and the dangers, you know, that sport can be dangerous. And uh, just last week, uh, one of the guys was forced to retire after one hit. Uh, God, I can't think of his name. I'll have to look it up. But uh, I know you were on top of that story. What were you, tell us a little bit about what you thought when you heard about this. Well, first of all, when I when I told he was told he had to retire, I said, I said to myself, okay, well, that happens to people all the time. I mean, there's guys that are unknown that's been hit all the time. That I'm sure doctors say, you know, so you can't take any more of these hits. It's just that they highly publicized this guy based on the shot he took. So now he had a neck injury, and then what I responded to by thinking of just all the knowledge that I've learned from the Dr. Amon clinics and Dr. Christian uh, Willemar and Dr. Daniel Amon is that when you have a neck injury, that affects your brain as well because that's blood flow and everything else. Yeah. So I don't know all the ingredients and what he had to do in terms of scanning of his brain or what have you, the, or the extent of his injury. But but you got guys every game on all levels are getting hit like that. And, and, and some people just don't, you know, don't realize the impact that these guys go through. Obviously, Ricard, had to be Ricard, very... Ricardo Lockett is his name. I just remember it. Ricardo Lockett. Right, yeah. right, right. Ricardo, yeah. And, and the thing is, it was one shot. <laughs> One, I mean, one shot did it, but I mean, but look at all the repeated hits. But his was so devastating. They said, and he even thought he said he thought he was going to die on the field wow. if he said he didn't get immediate attention on it. And that's what that's the quotes he said. How true that is, I don't know. But he thought he he was going he was having a tough time breathing the time the time on the field. Yeah. So the thing is, that goes on all the time. In every game, somebody has a concussion, as you know. It's very documented now. And then also you realize in the National Football League, concussions have been up, been up, uh, what, 50% wow. from last year. Yeah. And then you had, you had, you've had eight unrelated deaths with youth football last year. So it's a serious thing. And so, uh, like I've always said, I don't advocate abolishing football. All I say to the National Football League and everybody else is that if these guys are going to play, you just, I'm going to keep repeating myself, is that you should have some kind of medical fund set these guys up because it takes one play to end your career. And look at all the repeated hits and stuff people have taken. And because this, it, it will catch up with you, trust me. In your late 40s and 50s, you start, you, a lot of these guys start having their problems in the late 40s and early 50s. And I just like to see the NFL just, Put some of that money aside, build a fund, take care of these guys going to have problems. Because can, we can name a few that are already having problems. So big names. But there's guys, unknown named guys, who played in the league. There's a lot of us who have issues and have brain issues and trauma to their brains. And I believe that when they come up with a test, that a lot of these guys, they will find that they have CTE in the living. They don't have a test now, but the only thing they find in the, in, in, in the death when they do the autopsies. So if you have it when you're dead, you have it when you're alive. Yeah. So I, just, so I just want everyone to be aware of that the fact that they should have a medical thing set up for these, these guys to go and get treated. A lot of these, I can tell you, Horace, a lot of these guys don't have it. A lot of guys living in their cars. A lot of guys lose their direction in life. 
lot of guys just quit. You know, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. So, and these are my colleagues. And I just want to tell you that the younger guys, they're in better shape than the older guys. But in the day, anybody who puts a helmet on their head, they're going to have trauma. And he's got to be aware of it. And once you get out of the game, it's a great game, but you've got to treat yourself when you get out. I'm advocating every ball player who plays in the national football, in any kind of football, you need to go check your brain function. Well, that's true. You know, and you're gonna see, and you're gonna see more guys. You're gonna see more guys doing like uh, uh, Calvin Johnson and these other recent guys that have retired. That they're gonna start doing this because they they realize that you can't play this game that long because it, your body only can take so much, especially your head. So uh, you're gonna start seeing that. In my opinion, right. On on the, on the note of Lockett, you know his was a his was a neck injury, uh, but he does right. say he does in here mention that he you know he'd like to see, uh, he's you know he was asked if he feels the NFL is taking appropriate measures to make sure that players are safe on the field, and he said I'd like to think so, but I always feel there is something that you can do better. There's always more. There's always something we could do to make a game a little safer, and that's what you've been advocating for quite some time now. You know, we go back not on the concussion stuff, but you know the, the dangers of the sport. You know, I remember the the one that I remember that stood out to me over the, you know, for over the years is the the Daryl Stingley. Um, you know, and, and like there's just so many other guys. I mean, we, we like we know that, and, and so many guys are suffer after they leave the sport. But, you know, less people forget that, you know, it's as much as we enjoy the sport. It, it is a dangerous sport, and there's Absolutely. life-changing events that happen on that field every day. Well, the, the, the game will change your life. You get a devastating hit, it changes your life. Yeah. That's Daryl Stinger, who's, who's passed away. Now, he died from complications of his paralysis after that, you know, years after he took that hit from Jack Tatum. Because yeah. uh, I saw that, and... Uh, and it was, it was a very devastating hit, but there's been other hits too. But that's the one that really sticks out of my head too, because he he passed away from the complications of all of that. Yeah. And you got to remember, a lot of guys, you know, they they have issues, health issues from the complications of playing football. I mean, football is a brutal game. I mean, it's a great game, but it's a brutal game. Yeah. Because I, I was sitting up there, what, looking at the game sideline. I was on the sideline one one year recently. I said, man, did I go through that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, did that guy get hit. So, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. And all, and all I advocate is just the fact that, hey, NFL, you know us out there. Just, just, just try to be an advocate and just say, listen, hey, we need to take care of these guys. They build our brand. They help us make this brand. And so just do that, you know. I was just thinking about the, the, uh, uh, the owner, you know, Kraft at, uh, in New England. He was talking about how, you know, Tom Brady also got the suspension, as you know. He got the four games down. So uh, I said to myself, now if you, if, Brady, if if Tom Brady was was suffering or having trouble with his brain function, would he stand up and what he did in terms of how he stood up for him for the plate gate? I'd like to see that. But I believe that the Patriot organization would do that. I think Robert Kraft would do that. Now, I, I, from a distance, I think he's as a man of high integrity, and I think that he would do that. I think he'd be one of the owners that would champion this situation. I'm, I'm maybe talking out of my head somewhere, out of my mouth the wrong way, but for, for some reason I get the feeling about him that he would be a, a guy to champion something like this. Yeah. There are, you know, there are owners out there that you, you, you look at and you think that they, uh, you know, they have um, that type of integrity and that kind of compassion for the people that, that work for them. You know, they're, uh, you know, there's certain, you know, we talk about the you know, sports owners, but, you know, there's certain people in, in, in industry, uh, right. owners of different companies that you'll hear or do something uh, that for the people that, you know, that they employ. And people, and we look at them and we say, well, that's the kind of person I'd like to work for. And you kind of get that feeling from some of these owners. And I think Kraft is one of those ones that you, you kind of right. get that kind of vibe from. Right. Right. And it seems like he'll go, he'll go to bat for his players, anybody who's played for him, and then the, the success they've had over the years that he would do a lot for them. I just believe that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always thought that way of his organization. Well, A.D., as always, man, it's, uh, it's a great time that you'd be able to catch up and, and chat with you and talk about what's happening in the world of sports. And uh, we appreciate you coming on each week, and, and let's do it again next week, man. My pleasure, Swoops. Take care. All right, you too.
But the great Anthony Davis, everyone. We want to thank him for for joining us and and, and jumping in here and, and uh, sharing uh, sharing his knowledge. Um, you know, he's got intimate knowledge of a, of a lot of professional sports. Uh, you know, and and uh, you know he's drafted in baseball as well as uh, you know football, and and he follows it real well and keeps up on it. And so we always have a chance to talk about just about anything and everything and any sport and every sport. I got, next week I'm going to talk to him about the hockey playoffs and see how well he's been keeping up with that. We want to thank you all for tuning in live, uh, and uh, we'll be back again next week. And you've been listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, we're going to take it out right here and immediately following uh, one of our archive shows will, will pop up. But uh, we thank you for listening, and as we always say, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.